0: Welcome to the What to Read Next podcast. This podcast is hosted by Laura Amin, a voracious reader of romance and young adult novels. In this podcast, Laura interviews fellow readers and authors and asks them for book recommendations of what we should read next. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the show, guys. So happy to have you back. Today's guest is one of my favorite young adult contemporary authors, Siobhan Vivian. Siobhan wrote The List, Burn for Burn trilogy with Jenny Han, and my first summer 2018 contemporary Stay Sweet. In this interview, we dive into her writing process, what it's like to be a co-author of a book with your best friend, and we finally dive into the Stay Sweet. I hope you enjoy this conversation, so let's just get to it. Hi, Siobhan. Welcome to Watch to Read Next podcast. Hi, Laura. Thank you for having me. So happy to have you here. So tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Hmm. Okay. I am uh, a young adult author. I've been writing books for about 10 years now. This 2018 was my 10-year anniversary of selling my first book um i live in pittsburgh pennsylvania where i also teach creative writing at the university of pittsburgh and um i have a husband and two
0: little daughters oh that's so amazing yeah pretty pretty much the dream life yeah i can imagine you get to teach but you also get to write you get to just be passionate you have a great family yeah,
1: yeah, I, I feel I feel lucky every day.
0: Oh, it's so good to hear. And it, 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 it comes through in your work. So that's the beauty of it. Thank you. So I got a question about your writing style. So, what inspired you to start writing? What was the inspiration to you, you an author? You know,
1: I. Some people, I think, can look back on, like, when they were young and say, oh, I always wanted to be an author. I am not one of those people. I knew that I always wanted to entertain people. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't the best student in high school. So, like, the idea that I might one day become an author would have been, like, and you might one day, like, step foot on the moon. You know, it just felt like an impossibility. Mm -hmm. But you know, looking back, I realized how much sort of crafting story mattered to me in mm-hmm. high school in a in in the way of gossip, right? So like I love to gossip. And more than that, I love to sort of like tell people stories about other people. And so I would like, you know, hear about something juicy or talk wanna want to share something with somebody. And in the morning I would like tell somebody and I would be consciously aware of like, where they would laugh, where they looked bored, you know, and then when I moved on to the next person, I would be making like little tweaks to the way I delivered the story. Um, (laughs) You know, just like kind of punching it up. Um, And so, you know, and that brought me like such joy, I love to entertain, I love to like capture people's attention. And I like to be sort of you know, I was almost like an orator of, you know, capturing like an oral history of our high school. I think I I, I was probably involved in some way in all the drama, at least, you know, from a storytelling standpoint. Um, but, you know, my it was like junior year when I took a creative writing class and I took it just because I heard it was an easy A
0: mm-hmm. and it
1: was an easy A, but it was also like, you know, revelatory for me. Mm-hmm. And for the first time, like school didn't feel like school. And I was getting praise from teachers, which was also like something new for me. And, um, you know, my creative writing, the, the teacher who was in charge of the creative writing elective happened to be also the head of our high school English department. And he pulled me aside and said, like, hey, you know, you seem to really love this. I think you're really good at this. You know, you can study writing in college. And by that, at that point, I hadn't even really thought about college because, as I said, my grades were abysmal. Um, mm-hmm. And this, this teacher, Mr. Hurley, basically wrote a recommendation letter for me. Um, I applied to one college that had a writing program, and he wrote me a letter saying, you know, don't worry about her grades. <laughs> don't worry about her SATs. Like, she has talent. Take a chance on this person. Mm-hmm. And... That was kind of how I came to writing.
0: That's amazing. I love that story. It's like, do you get inspired? You you get to go through the promotions, but then you have those moments of inspiration that just kind of like changed your trajectory. It
1: really, really did. And honestly, I don't know where I would have fallen um, had it not been for that kind of lightning bolt moment. But I do think that like, you know, my love of, Gossip, if you will, like, you know, there is something really applicable about that to kind of the telling the stories of young adults. And, you know, that, 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 that was stuff that I didn't just dismiss as like corny or dumb or, you know, a stupid story about like so and so and their boyfriend drama. Like, I really became invested in those stories. I really cherished those stories and I felt like, you know, it, it all sort of lent itself well to my voice, or what my voice
0: has become as a writer. So, kind of trace it back all the way to that. I love it. That's amazing. So, talk to us about your writing style. Do you? How do you organize yourself as a writer? Do you keep track? How do you keep track of your ideas, your inspirations, your characters? You know, the
1: whole. Uh, I'm like basically a big like do not do this, okay. <laughs> you know, bulletin board. Um, well, how do I write? I, I think, like, I've discovered, you know, people like to think there are two schools of thought on how you write. You hear, um, you're a plotter who, who outlines and sort of figures out the story and then sits down to write. Or you're a pantser, which means you kind of feel your way through the story. You write by the seat of your pants. I have found that I am, like, a third category, which is basically Groundhog Day. Okay. I... I oftentimes get trapped in my story in the beginning, um and it will take me months to free myself from the first chapter or the first two chapters. in fact, mm-hmm. for space Week, I spent maybe eight months of every writing every day to get the first chapter right Wow um it's not a good way to do it, but um I'm sort of, like, I try to do it different ways, but also, like, my process is my process, I guess. So I'm, now I'm kind of leaning into it and just feeling like, you know what, if I'm, if I'm messing around in the beginning, it's probably because I don't know something yeah. that I need to find out here. Um, but, yeah, that's how I write. And I also, um, to answer sort of the second part of the question, I love um, the, the word processing program Scrivener, mm-hmm. which is, you know, it, it allows you to kind of organize your writing in a three-dimensional way. You know, you can, instead of just doing, like, a Microsoft Word document that runs from start to finish, you can kind of write scenes and, and view them almost as, like, index cards. So it's really easy to move things around and restructure things. They also have this really great feature um, where you can take a snapshot of a chapter, um, which basically saves a version of it. So I oftentimes will have like fifteen different versions of a single chapter, and that way I can kind of organize them all at my fingertips rather than having fifteen different word documents. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I really need to be pretty flexible about kind of how much rewriting I often do while I'm maybe doing a first draft, and uh, Scrivener has certainly been a lifesaver for me in that way.
0: That's amazing. Thank you for sharing.
1: Yeah, big fan of Scrivener. And you can get a free trial online. So if you want to try it, uh, I, I really, I, I don't feel like I'll ever write a book without it. I
0: love it. So you actually have written a trilogy with Jenny Han. Um, how difficult was it to write a book with, with another author?
1: Well, Jenny is my very best friend. Oh, okay. And we <laughs> have shared are writing with each other since grad school, long before either of us were published. So I feel like, you know, it's like it was, it wasn't difficult because we really knew each other very intimately. And we were used to kind of critiquing each other and getting into each other's books. There's not a page of writing that Jenny has written in her entire career that I have not, Kind of read and give notes on and mm-hmm. vice versa. So we were kind of coming to the table with a working relationship that had been sort of time tested already. And it just ended up feeling kind of like an extension of that, that experience. Um, we did chat like every single day, you know, and we almost, be, we began to talk about the characters in Burn for Burn as if they were real people. Like we would sit down at dinner and just kind of start riffing on them about things they could do or, you know, backstory, this and that. Uh, it, it The books became truly an extension of our friendship. Mm. Um, so it, it was it was a joyous experience. There was really very, very, very few kind of hiccups in that process it was just it was really terrific
0: that's so awesome to hear and I love it I love those a friendship that was started before you know during starting this journey and then just and then it is an extension to the journey
1: well yeah and I mean I think you know co-authoring is sort of like a thing now and oftentimes it's like maybe people who have not shared work before and they have this experience where they're just sort of like you know, it almost seems like a running writing exercise. Like, Mm -hmm. hey, Laura, like, let's write a book together. I'll write the first chapter and send it to you. And then you do one and send it back to me. And I don't know what you're going to write about. With Burn for Burn, you know, it was so twisty. And we had a lot of kind of like reveals and, you know, plot twists and stuff that we really sort of like developed an architecture for the series before we even got started. And we kind of both had to be, involved in the creation of every chapter so we were able to work really intimately with each other because we had that pre-existing relationship
0: amazing so the burn from burn will be in the show notes so if anyone's interested to check that out yes definitely it's going to be there so thank you yeah so now let's talk about your books what's the favorite character you have written so far
1: it's hard to pick a favorite. It's like my kids, you know, like, (laughs) (laughs) like I love, I love them all for different reasons. But I guess I would say like, it was really fun writing, um, Amelia, uh, Mm -hmm. in my newest book, Space Suite, just because, um, you know, she's very sunny. She's an optimist. And, um, but she also has like a lot of insecurities about her that I think, you know, I don't necessarily have in my own life. And mm-hmm. so it was fun to kind of step outside of myself and, and try to write somebody who would not normally gravitate to a leadership role or would not necessarily think to extend herself or kind of flex a muscle of leadership. Uh, and, the, and that was kind of really fun to imagine that girl.
0: Yeah, and Amelia
1: was and throw like, her throw her into positions where she had to do that to survive.
0: I know. I love the fact that you talk about not stepping into leadership, but yet Amelia had to step up. You know.
1: Yeah, the- yeah. Those are the fun situations. You know, like the imbalance of like this is the thing that I'm kind of the worst at, and I'm going to throw you into a situation where you absolutely have to do that thing. So, uh, yeah, that was that was a sort of fun chemistry.
0: So what is hard to write, Stay Sweet?
1: Stay Sweet came to me, I mean, there were a lot of things that inspired the book, like a lot of different articles I was reading kind of about um, teenagers today and like the difficulties they have, like especially girls kind of asserting themselves and leaders, mm-hmm. and, you know, even something as like sort of benign as, like expressing an opinion. I mean, it's getting, there There are girls who really struggle with expressing opinions to their friends because they don't want to be seen as sort of unlikable. And and that kind of blew my mind to sort of start to recognize that this was a thing that was happening in the culture. Obviously, the election really mm-hmm. um, kind of inspired the book, But but truly the lightning bolt moment happened about nine years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, when I was on tour for my first book, I happened to visit a ice cream parlor in the middle of nowhere in Ohio that is very similar to, um, Mead Creamery.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: it was, it was all girls who were working at this ice cream stand. Um, and it was so crowded. It was like a beautiful hot summer day. The girls were adorable and they were working so hard in this really cramped space. It gave me a lot of like feelings in my heart, like seeing these girls kind of like busting their butts, like definitely also having fun and taking pride in their work. And I was in the middle of paying for my ice cream cone when I noticed that in the back of the stand was a boy who was definitely not working as hard as the other girls. In fact, he had his feet up on the desk and he was looking at his cell phone and he had two Um, oscillating fans pointed at his face, (laughs) you know, just like king of the castle. And there was just something so bizarre about like that. I just, I took my ice cream. I went and sat at the picnic table and like the idea for this book just kind of started coming like popcorn, you know, like popcorn in the popcorn machine, like just popping, popping all of these ideas um about this kind of funny situation but it took me a long time to figure out like exactly what i wanted to do with that but that was really truly the genesis of the idea
0: good question did you did you get a craving for ice cream as you wrote the book? oh my
1: god (laughs) i put on like 15 pounds writing this book no lie (laughs) like not only did i get cravings but i felt like it was my duty you know Uh, like uh, my responsibility as a writer to have ice cream like almost every day of my of working, you know? Um every time I visited like a new town, I wanted to go to the ice cream place there. I wanted to go to like ice cream places big and small. Um yes, I ate and I even made, you know, with my own ice cream maker. Um, a ton of ice cream.
0: I was going to say, I was like, how did you come up with the recipes? What was the inspiration for the recipes? Uh, I was so lucky. So here in Pittsburgh, we have, there's two
1: really well-known sort of independent ice cream makers. The first is a, a group of, of two women named Leona's, and they make ice cream sandwiches mm. with really interesting flavors like orange blossom and you know on a shortbread cookie like really cool flavor combos and then there's another place called Millie's um where they also they're more of like a straight ice cream parlor but they also make really kind of inventive flavors like uh, Vietnamese iced coffee ice cream that they have there is like my total favorite but these two um places were super nice about like inviting me in, letting me watch them make ice cream in like the same kind of commercial machine that Amelia uses in the book or has to learn on in the book. And they talked to me a lot about the chemistry. Um, the Leona's girls in particular were graduates of a extremely rigorous ice cream program run out of Penn State University here in Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's like harder than Harvard to like get through this ice cream program. So, I mean, in some ways, like, they're less sort of ice cream makers and more like chemists, you know? Mm-hmm. And so they really think about like, what are things that go wrong when you make ice cream? Um, you know, what are things you can use to flavor ice cream? That's not sugar. It, you know, there's a secret that runs the book of like a particular recipe, mm-hmm. at this ice cream stand. And, you know, they really helped me work through, um, you know, what that could be and how, you know that would work as an
0: ice cream flavor. Mm. Yeah, I was wondering. I was like, how did she come up with that recipe? <laughs>
1: so. Yeah, yeah, that was all the help of you know these very generous artists.
0: <laughs> love it all for the all for the sake of research. I love it, and all the t- ice yeah. cream for it.
1: Hmm. It was so cool because, like Millie's, like I hired them. I had a big Pittsburgh kind of launch event here, and I hired them to come, bring their ice cream truck, and park it out front of oh, the yeah. um, <laughs> of the bookstore and give everyone free ice cream. It was mm-hmm. really, they're, you know, they're, they're really great people.
0: Oh, that's so nice! I love it. <laughs> I Love incorporating cool parts of the book into into the real life. So yeah, yeah. for sure. So what has been the biggest aha moment writing this book? The biggest what? Aha moment writing from writing
1: this book. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah, I had a big one. Um for I would say the first three days, um, the character of Grady was completely different. Um the the best way I could say pitch it to you is say that he was much more Trumpian Um, he was like a guy who came from extreme privilege who really thought he knew better and operated with a lot of bravado Um, and also not a lot of respect for Mm -hmm. uh, the girls who worked at the stands and it it really took a it really took a toll on the romance because I had a hard time though. I think he was believable and ultimately became sympathetic as you kind of learned about his backstory. And as he kind of humbled himself to, to realize that he really wasn't good at these things. Um, it just made it so much harder to bring Amelia around to him in a romantic way because mm-hmm. you just kind of disliked the guy and even though he had his growing moment it was really you know that didn't necessarily mean you wanted to make out with him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um so you know I really had to work to temper him to make him kind of still a bit in over his head but always Sort of respectful and, you know, almost in awe of watching Amelia kind of bloom into, you know, figuring out her passions and caring about this place and and how how successful or not it's going to be. And that for somebody like him, who's kind of been floating along without a real passion, to watch her experience that and to be a part of that up close... I mean, it's super hot. <laughs> so, so he, he really changed a lot through the, through the writing of the book as I kind of softened him up and became, you know, much more likable actually on a, like a practical level, you know, one of the first moments in the book where that really changed was um the scene where Amelia goes to the ice cream stand after, you know, something kind of big happens in the book and mm-hmm. You know, in, a, in an earlier draft, I just kind of have her walking in and finding him behind the desk, kind of posturing. Um, but, you know, in the in the current draft of the book, in the in the final version, you know, he's outside really taking care of some possessions, you know, things that people have left at the stand. And it was like in that moment when I kind of allowed him to do that, then his character really began to change into, you know, what is currently uh, in the in the
0: book. Yeah, I love the fact that the romance was there, but it wasn't the main thing of the book. I felt like, yeah, coming of age, Amelia finding her passion, finding her voice and finding her. honestly, Laura, that is the that is the
1: that is the true romance of the book that this girl falls in love with what it is she wants to do with the rest of her life, you know, and everything else is just kind of like a cherry on top.
0: Yeah, like it was like oh, it's it's nice. It's a cute romance in that way, but it wasn't like the main focus of the book. That was what I, yeah. like it was about yeah. Turns like you know that I love my work. I love what I'm doing, and even yeah. Word of despair, we're like, where is this all going to work itself out? She still found her voice in that process. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I
1: I mean to, to. it's almost like that really allows her to even, you know, be romantic because she is kind of fully coming into her own. Mm-hmm. And you know, without that, I don't know that she would be open to anything or, you know, really be able to sort of assert herself in terms of like what she wants or hopes
0: for. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh my gosh, I love this book. This was one of my favorites. Thank you. I got
1: this like feminist message always in my work. And, you know, this, I think more than anything I've ever written before, it's just right there on the surface. And yet, you know, it still can be sunny. It still can be really, you know, it has so much else going on, but really like the the journey that Amelia goes through in the book is like, you know, so near and dear to my heart because it, it really mimics like how I found writing and, you know, that, that things just kind of took off from there in a way that I never would have imagined possible.
0: I love it. Thank you for writing this book, and thank you, thank you for putting your putting your thoughts and your beliefs there, and sharing this. Oh, story. thank you! I'm so glad you enjoyed it. Really, I did. So now let's talk about books that influence your writing. So, what type of books do you read?
1: I I tend to read more adult fiction. Okay. With, still with teenage protagonists, though. Um, <laughs> it, it, So like, yeah, I, I just because, I mean, I do read a lot of YA and I read all of my friends' books. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but sometimes I just like to see kind of, you know, I like to read outside of YA as well, just to kind of get more ideas and sort of see more possibilities about like ways that stories can be told. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, uh, you know, just trying to keep it fresh. I love it. Who's your favorite author? Hands down, my favorite author is Melissa Bank, who wrote The Girl's Guide to Hunting and Fishing. I love um, It's probably her. Yeah. And I had the pleasure of taking a writing workshop with her last summer as I was working on Stay Sweet, and it was just um, the most unbelievable experience, and I'm a huge, huge fan of her writing, and I feel like, you know, it's sort of deceptively simple mm-hmm. and just so clean and easy, but beautiful. And uh, I mean, it's she's she's just
0: one of the best for sure. Mm, I love it. Yeah, I love that book. Actually, I read it, read it a while ago. Maybe it's up for a read. Yeah, it. I read it.
1: Um, I read it probably, or I crack it. I would say at least once a year. I love it. Yeah. What's the last book you read? I'm just about to finish a nonfiction book um, called, um, oh gosh, what's it called? Uh, White Fragility. Oh. And uh, it's all about sort of, (laughs) not to get heavy on you, but it's all about kind of the the, the defensiveness that like white people have right now when it comes to um, racism yep. and um, sort of working to dismantle and sort of disarm white people so they are able to understand the racial complexities that are going on in the United States right now and become better advocates for people of color. Um, so I'm really enjoying it, and i'm I'm seeing a lot of things that really you know i just bringing a whole new level of understanding um to kind of ways in which I might participate in that system unknowingly and ways mm-hmm. that I can sort of be be a better advocate uh, yeah. and that's important to me, especially
0: today, so yeah. Yeah, in today's climate, I think that's, like, so timely, you know, to have that conversation yeah. and just to be present, to be aware of your own privilege and then seeing the viewers being others. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us where you can find me online. Well, if you can spell my first name, you can
1: find me online pretty much everywhere at the handle Siobhan Givian. Uh, so that's S. I-O-B-H-A-N. And last name is Vivian, like the girl's first name. V-I-V-I-A-N. Yeah, and to, to be honest, these days I'm most active, I think, on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, I do pop in on Twitter every now and again, but, uh, Twitter's kind of changed, you know, a little bit for me. And, um, I don't necessarily, like, enjoy all the discourse there. So, uh, I've been on Instagram more. Uh, and that's a fun place to really share sort of your life and your writing and what you're working on. Um, and yeah. yeah, so
0: that's where I'm at. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being in the show. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Shavane, for a great interview. For showing us in the detailed list of book recommendations mentioned in this podcast, please go to com. If you would like to support this podcast, please consider a review on iTunes or on Apple Podcasts. It only takes two minutes and it will help this podcast get described by a new bookish audience. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you have a fantastic day.